0: Well, good morning, Grace Hills. Hey, I'm excited you're here today. You know, I say that almost every week that I'm excited you're here, but genuinely mean that... um uh, I think it is such a privilege to get to come and be a part of a church family that just cares about you, cares about where you're at, cares about what's going on in your life, and it really is a privilege to be a part of this thing um, and to be friends with you and family with you. And so, um, just genuinely excited you're here. I, I get excited to see you and get excited when we're coming in. Um, we're going to talk today for a few minutes, uh, continuing in our series. We're in this series called "From Tradition to Transformation," and the big idea that we're really Running on is that there are a lot of ideas and words and things that we throw around during this season that have just become tradition in our lives. Um, you think about last week we talked about Thanksgiving and about how that word just is uh, sometimes loses the transformative power that it's supposed to have in our lives. And so we're going to continue on in that this week, and we're going to talk about um, <laughs> another idea that when that I think has so many times become uh, tradition when God meant it for something to be so much more. And so here's what we're gonna talk about today is this, is that we wanna talk about is how genuine generosity will transform your life. Genuine generosity. Now, I say genuine generosity because I think a lot of us sometimes uh, don't actually understand what generosity really is. And so I wanna talk about genuine generosity. And there's a big idea that we gotta understand that there is a difference between uh, giving and generosity right? Giving is an act that you go and that you do, and it flows from generosity. But generosity is actually a condition of your heart. It's it's an attitude that you have. It's a mindset that you live with. And so sometimes we think that generosity is the giving. That's an action that we do. But generosity is really a part of who you are. And the big idea that we want to talk about today is this, is that when you have a heart of generosity, it will begin to transform your mind and your relationships and your attitude and the way that you enjoy life and the way that you interact with people. And and I would say it this way, and I think maybe this will help you is this, is that generosity will elevate your life. When you are a person of generosity, it will elevate your relationships. It'll elevate your, your attitude. It'll elevate the way you experience things. It'll elevate your joy. And I think about it in my life, when I think about the people that are the most joyful, the most fulfilled, the people that have the best relationships, the people that are walking in all those ways, when I actually think about those people like that I wanna model, typically those are the people that are the most generous with their life and their time and their emotions. And they're like every part of them. And I would say, I don't think that's a mistake. The people that are walking in the fullness of life are those who are willing to give and have an attitude of generosity. And what we're going to see today is that generosity does something inside of you. It's not just something that you do, but it's something that does inside you. See, here's the heart today of what we're really trying to get at is this, is that so many of us miss out on what God wants to do in our lives through generosity because we don't understand generosity. We miss out what God wants to do in our lives. And I want to, I want to, Focus on this in our lives, because when we think about generosity, so many times we think about what am I giving, what am I doing for other people, how am I, how am I flourishing other people, and that's all valid, we want to do that, that is a part of all of this. But what I want to focus on today is that it's not just meant to be something that goes out from you, but when you walk in real generosity, it begins to transform your life. It begins to transform your attitude and it begins to transform the way that you find joy and the way that you find peace and the way that you walk in lives. And so many times we miss out on the transformation that God wants to do in us because we just don't understand that part of generosity. So here's a a big misunderstanding that I think that we walk into with generosity is our mentality of generosity a lot of times is that generosity is me being willing to do without for the good of others. And that's what our mentality is of generosity a lot of times. So I'll give you an example of this. Um, I, I love ice cream, um, butter pecan. Do I have any butter pecan people in the house? Okay, yeah. Anything with butter, I'm in on. So like, it doesn't matter if it, what it is. Casey made these rolls uh, for Thanksgiving and they like folded butter in them. And she's like, I hope you like these. And I'm like, well, it's got butter in it. So I am obviously gonna love this. And they were delicious. Um, but I love butter pecan ice cream. So let's say a lot of times our mentality of generosity is that I've got a cone with ice cream on it and I really wanna eat it because I like butter pecan and I like this cone. But I'm with you and I like you and I love you. And so I'm willing to do without and I will give you my ice cream because it's the right thing to do and it's the generous and we're supposed to share and, like, and that's what God's called us to do. So I will do without so that way you can have the ice cream and, and that's what we do. And a lot of times that's our mentality of generosity is that it is me being willing to do without and do the right thing for you because I'm going to do the right things because that's what God has called us to do. And here's what I want to argue to you today is a little different view of generosity is this. uh, Having a heart of generosity is not so much about suffering, but it's about where you find joy. I think a lot of times we think it's about me suffering and me doing without. But what I want to tell you is that today is that it's a different mentality. It's not about me suffering and me doing without, but it's about where I find joy. And when you have genuine generosity in your life, you begin to arrive at a place where you find more joy and fulfillment in seeing others flourish than you do in hoarding things and time and resources to yourself. It's a shift in mindset of do I find more joy in people, finding a fulfillment and excitement and like or do I find it more inside of myself? And there's a shift that occurs in your mindset when you walk in genuine generosity. When it, where it shifts in your mind. And I would say it this way. So back to the ice cream example, there's one way of thinking of generosity where it's the, like we shared before, but there's another way of like, how many of y'all have ever taken like a kid to an ice cream shop? And it's the best thing that you'll ever do in your life, right? You take them in there. And if you take them to the place where there's like 52 different flavors of ice cream and they like put their face like, and fa- like on the glass and it's like fogging up and they're like just so ready. And then and then if it's a place that they'll give you free samples, they'll go ballistic, right? Like I want to try that one, try that one, try that one. And then you like, you have enough money to buy one ice cream cone. So, so let's say you go and you buy one ice cream cone and you give it to this kid and you see them like with the sprinkles just all over their face and like running down their chest and they're eating this thing. And how many, like there's a joy and excitement like in and, and seeing that kid eat that ice cream and like enjoy it and love it. And I'd say there's, there's this difference of generosity where, where sometimes we think it's me doing without, But in my life, I find more joy in seeing that kid enjoy that ice cream than I do in eating like those 1,200 calories on my own. You know what I mean? And that, I think that's a picture of what generosity is supposed to be. It's not about me doing without so that way you can do well, but it's about me finding joy and fulfillment and seeing other people find joy in their lives. That's what what we're supposed to be. See, I'd say it to you this way, is that God wants us to have a relationship with generosity where it's not about us losing so someone else can win, but where we win even more because somebody else wins. You see that? That's a different mindset. It's a totally different idea. And this is the idea that Jesus teaches. And then secondly, that Jesus lives. We're going to look at both of those today. The way that Jesus teaches about this and and the way that Jesus lives this. But I want you to grasp this today because I think that we miss this so many times. And so we do giving out of a duty when it's supposed to be the greatest fulfillment and joy inside of our lives. So I want to help you with this today. How do we do this? Well, I'll show you a couple ways that the one, the way that Jesus teaches this, but also the way that Jesus lives this. He teaches this and we see this in Acts chapter 20. In Acts 20, uh, Paul is dealing with um, some church leaders from a church called Ephesus. And so he's about to leave them and see them for the last time. And so he's teaching them some ideas about giving. And inside of his teaching about giving, he quotes Jesus and gives them an idea of what Jesus teaches us about Uh, About giving, he says this. He says you should remember the words of the Lord Jesus that it is more blessed to give than to receive. Everybody say more blessed. blessed. Try one more time. Say "more more blessed. You should remember these words. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, I think a lot of us are desensitized to that statement. Because you probably heard it 500 times. Um, I heard it a lot from my sister when I was growing up. Um, and I had something that she would want it. And she would just be, hey, you know, Josh, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Um, and it was terrible. Um, and so we've heard this thing like 500 times. And so we, we just kind of passed by. It is more blessed to give than to receive. But when you think about it, like Jesus is saying something totally countercultural here. I mean, how many of us, you, you know, like when you grow up and you're a kid, you never have the thought as a kid, you know, it is more blessed to give than to receive, right? It's countercultural to our human nature and what we have. And Jesus is showing up on the scene. He's saying, look, I want you to understand it is more blessed. And what he's saying is that, that the reward of giving is greater than the cost of giving. That's a different mindset, that the reward of what I get out of giving is actually greater because I am more blessed to give than to receive. There is something more blessed in your life when you give than when you receive. And so what does that look like? Well, let me give you a couple of practical examples. Uh, There's a bigger reward that your money can have in your life when you give it and you see it prosper in somebody else's life than it is when you just hoard it up for yourself. I think about just at the basic, most small level, when you have a kid and you, and you, you take them somewhere and, and you buy them something and, and, and let's say it's like that ice cream, right? It's $5, right? You buy them this ice cream. I get way more enjoyment out of that $5 buying them ice cream than I do when I stock it up and get $5 in my IRA. You know what I mean? But we've lost perspective. And we feel so many times like this is a, a cost from me, but it has so much more that you could do in your life. There's a bigger reward that your time can have in your life than just wasting it on yourself. I think so many times we, 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 we don't understand that there is something that, that is good in our lives. In a sense, here's what I would tell you is that being generous is investing your life and your resources and your time for greater reward than what those things can get you on their own. Yeah, you can, you can use this stuff on your own and do it for yourself, but there is greater reward than what they can get you on their own. I think so many of us, what we have is a, is a poverty mindset when it comes to giving. We have this poverty mindset where I've got these things, and I've got to hoard these things, and I've got these things, and when I give, it is a loss out of me that I gave. And that is a poverty mindset that we do not see in the Bible at all in the idea of giving. When we look in the Bible, what we see is this completely shifting idea where the kingdom of God is that giving is a gain. It's not a loss where I've got this amount of things and this is what I have. And so giving to people, giving my time to people, giving my, my, my emotions to people, giving my life to people, giving and helping people. Like the, we have this idea that I've only got so much and when I give it, then my, my stock is depleted. But what we see in the Bible is that giving is a game, completely different thing, that it is more blessed to give than to receive. Uh, And and I'll just say this. I don't mean this like in a Ponzi scheme televangelist way. We're like, let me give you $100 and then you're going to get $1,000. And then you pray to give that seed of $1,000 and you get $10,000. Like, that's not what we're saying. And and I'll be honest with you. Here's, Here's the reality is that I think that the enemy is, understands the power of what generosity will do in your life. And it's no accident that he has caused people to try to pervert that idea. Because if he can pervert it and make it where we're turned off to it, then we don't walk into that actual joy that it's supposed to cause in our lives. And so the devil's pretty smart. Like he's not, an, he's not a dummy. He, he knows how we work. And so he perverts these things and then causes us where it causes damage and we see the damage. and we're like, I, don't, I don't want any part of that. But we understand the way that God works. He, when in the kingdom of God, that giving is not something that we lose, but it's a gain. It changes everything. Here's what I do mean in, in this idea of gaining is that there is a greater reward for giving than the cost of giving. That it is better to give than to receive. And that reward, may look like a multitude of different things you know it may look like peace it may look like joy At times, it will look like resources where as you give resources that God blesses you. I'm a firm believer in that, but that's not the only thing, Uh, that God also gives us opportunities. And there's even a mentality that I think is helpful is that when God sees that we are generous with our lives, that we are generous with our time, that we're generous with our resources, that we're generous with all these things, he knows that he can, I think, can even bless us in a way because as we are generous, he knows that if he can get it to us, he can get it through us. Mm. more blessed to give than to receive. Jesus teaches it there but he also teaches it in several other places. Well, there's a lot of them, but one of the most beautiful ones that I think is so, so powerful is in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus's most famous sermon that he ever did. He's on the side of this mountain. He's teaching to this multitude of people in Luke 6, and he's teaching about giving a multitude of different ways. Um, As you read through that entire chapter, he doesn't actually use the word giving, but he's talking about forgiving, which is the idea of forgiving others. He gives the idea of like uh, giving of your time and grace and forgiveness and resources and compassion. Like he's walking through all these things in the way that we, that we treat people and the way that we give. And then in Luke six thirty eight, he comes to this moment where it's kind of like the, the capstone of this idea of how we're supposed to give into people's lives. And he says something so beautiful in Luke six thirty eight. He says it this way. He says, give and it will be given to you. And the idea here is that giving is not a loss, but there is a reward in giving. Now, it may look a multitude of different ways, but I guarantee you in the kingdom of heaven that it's never a loss. He's saying giving is not a loss. But then he goes on, and I think it's helpful. and he says, like we said before, that it is more blessed to give than to receive, that the reward of what you receive as you give is even greater. Notice what he says. He said, given will be given to you. And then he says, a good measure. Now, press down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. Now, I heard that all the time when I was a kid, and I had no idea what that meant. Um, and I would, uh, like, and everybody says that, like, really fast. Press down, shaken together, running over. I don't know if you ever heard anybody preach like that. I did, anyways. Um, but that idea, what does that mean? pressed down, shaking together, and running over. Well, it's, it comes from the ancient Near East, this idea of when they would go buy a measure of grain. So you'd think about like if you brought a, a cup or a vase, right, to go get your grain. Um, and so you would show up and you'd pay for your measure of grain and they would fill up your, 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 your tinsel there, or your, like your vase. There's a couple different ways that they could fill up a vase. Uh, the most normal way was that they would just pour in and then it would fill up and that was your measure and then you would go on your way. But there were some people that would get it and they would pour in the grain and then once the grain was poured in there, then they would press it down and they'd mush it down and they, they'd fill it up a little bit more. And then once it was there, then they'd shake it and get all the air out and get all the gaps out and then it was filled up even more and then they fill it up to the point to where it's overflowing and then that's your measure. It's a generous measure. It's a good measure. And I love what he says. He says that, that give and it will be given to you. And he says and it's not this thing where it's a loss and as we give that, you know, it's just this thing that we're sacrificing for. But he says, no, give and it will be given to you. He says a good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. And then he goes on in this last part, and I love how he says this. He says, for with the measure you use and the, and the generosity that you have or with the stinginess that you use, it will be measured back to you. It's a difference there in how we're we're giving. And I would would just say, as we see this here, is that giving in the kingdom is never a loss. It's never a loss. You give your time, the the joy that you get from that is so much greater than the cost of that time that you gave. And, And all these different ways that we begin to see this. Uh, Jesus teaches it, we, we see that, but I also said Jesus also lives it. We see this in Hebrews 12:2 where it talks about Jesus and what he did on the cross for us. So if you don't know the gospel message, it is that we were broken in our sin and that we were lost in our sin, but God loved us so much that he cared about us so much that he sent Jesus to die for the penalty for your sin so that way you could have the eternal life and goodness that he, that he deserved. He paid the penalty for what you deserved, so that way you could have the life that he deserved. That's the message of the gospel. And let me just pause here and say this. Maybe you came in here today with some broken, maybe some burdens like we were saying earlier today. And then you came in here feeling like you're carrying these things. The gospel message is that it doesn't matter what you've done, what you've been, how you've messed up, how far you are away from God. That he loves you, that he cares about you, that he sent his son to die in your place so that way you could have eternal life with God. And that's huge. And I would even say it this way. That is generous. Right? What he did for you. I think it's Philippians two where it talks about that Jesus didn't consider equality with God, uh, being in heaven as something to hold on to, but that he loved you so much that he came down and lived in your uh, life of a human and died in your place so you could have eternal life. That's huge. That's generous. Now, here's what I want you to see in this. Hebrews 12.2 says something uh, completely beautiful. It says that he endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. Now, here's here's the interesting part of that. It doesn't say that he endured the cross because it was the right thing to do and he was gonna be generous with his life because he's a good person. It's not what it says. It says he endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. What was the joy that was set before him? It's you. The joy that he knew that he would have is as he endured the cross, that he would find and redeem you into eternity, and that is powerful, right? Right? But what I want you to catch in this is that his giving was not a loss. It wasn't, I'm doing it and I'm losing, but I'm losing because I'm going to suffer for you because it's the right thing to do. But it's, I'm going to do this because I know the, the joy of redeeming you is powerful. Yeah, I, I, I think we've got to catch that. That's a purest example of generosity is that he considered it a gain to give his life for the joy of seeing you experience forgiveness and grace and redemption. In other words, here's the idea that I would help you with today is that Jesus demonstrated with his life that the cost of giving pales in comparison to the reward of giving. He saw the joy of you as so much more powerful. But unfortunately, here's here's the problem, is that we have become uh, culturally conditioned uh, with this mindset that giving is a virtue because it requires suffering. And that's what it is. And we culturally become this idea that that's what giving is. But what we see in the kingdom of God is that it is not the, that at all, but it is a pursuit of greater joy, greater fulfillment, greater flourishing. Like what I said earlier, uh, that giving and generosity elevates your life. It's not this thing that decreases you, but it increases you. It's not a you win and I lose, but it's the right thing to do. But I win even more when I help you win. That's a shift in the mindset that we've got to get. Because as long as your mindset is that it is a loss, but it's the right thing to do, you will never find joy in giving. You will not be a generous person. I'll tell you what you will lose is it will, de- it will, it will destroy so many parts of your life. I think about how it can destroy your marriage when you are selfish and you don't have an attitude of generosity that my, my marriage is me being willing to be able to, to, to give to my wife and love her and see her flourish even when it costs me because I realize that I actually find more joy and fulfillment in seeing her flourish than I even do in myself. That changes your marriage. Changes the way you raise your kids. Changes the way you're with your coworkers. Like it changes everything when you begin to change your mindset. It's not a you win and I lose, but it's I, I win even more when I help you win. So that's the transformation I want us to see in our lives. Where, where giving isn't a, a, a virtue, but we are generous because we know that there is more blessing of joy and fulfillment and peace and opportunities and resources when I, when I give. Now, and I'll pause and say, uh, just to bring some clarity here. There is a wrong mindset, I think, a lot of times, especially in church, where we have this idea that, that giving must be this, this uh, if you're giving out of a desire for reward, then that is completely wrong, and that is completely bad. It's about sacrifice, not about receiving, and that's the way we have this idea. And, and even our idea, and I, I won't get into this today, but even our idea of sacrifice is messed up. Sacrifice is this thing that we bring and present to the Lord that it's good to him, and it makes him joyful and joyful towards it, like completely wrong ideas of what a sacrifice of giving is. But we have this idea that it's me coming and I, and I give and, and if I desire a reward, then it's bad and my heart is in the wrong place. And that is not biblical at all. When you read through scripture, just read Jesus' teaching. Overall, he continues to talk about our reward in this life and our reward in the next life and the rewards of giving. Like as you read through the Old Testament, it's this law. As you do this for God, then he will reward you in these ways and he will bless your life and bless your family and bless your mind, like all of these things. Like I don't know where we came up with this faulty idea that seeking a reward and following and God and having him bless us in our life is a bad thing. Like, it's not at all. What we read in Scripture is that, that, we, that we should desire these rewards. But here's the thing is that we've got to desire the right kind of rewards. And I think what we've seen so many times, and this is why we have a bad mindset with it, is we have that Ponzi scheme idea of reward, of that actually I'm just giving so that way I can stock more up for myself. So really, it's just the ends to a mean of, once again, selfishness of me blessing myself again. But it's when we come to a point of generosity where I want to give so that way God can bless me so I can begin to give. And God can bless me so that way I'll flourish in my marriage. And I want, I want to give so I can see this person. Like, and that we do seek reward, that we want to walk in the blessing of God in our lives. But it's not, once again, just to I give this little bit so that way I can hoard more. And that's why the difference comes when we have a mindset and a heart of generosity. I mean, that's where God can bless us even more and more and more. Because we're at a heart place where he knows that we're not stuck. If he blesses us with something in our lives, that it's not going to become an idol that we stock away and worship instead of him. How do we become that generosity? I, I, I... we got to begin to shift out of and see the, the problem, I think, for so many of us is that we have become conditioned to the earthly economics where joy and fulfillment are found when I have more to spend on me. And, and frankly, like we know this is not true. There are way too many multimillionaires committing suicide for me to believe that joy and fulfillment are found in me accumulating more. Like, let's just be honest about it. The Bible teaches us that there is more to your life than the accumulation of stuff or spending of time on yourself or just a self-attitude. And I'll be honest with you. I've, I've been with a lot of people in the very last moments of their life. It's one of the privileges that I have in the job that I have is that I get to be with some people in those very intimate last moments as they are, they are getting to that moment where they're about to pass to heaven. Um, and I, I, it's a privilege. But I'll tell you, as I've walked through with a lot of people at that moment, what I have never, ever, ever heard any one of them say is that I, I really regret investing in people. I, I, I regret the relationships that I poured into. I, I regret giving people a second chance or giving grace or, or loving on people. I, I have never once heard that. And I think we so many times are so earthly minded in the earthly capitalistic uh, mindset. And I, I, listen, I'm for capitalism, but when it becomes to a point to where it gets into our lives, to where we become this mindset that my emotions are driven by, I, I've, got a, I've got a tally of what I have. And as I give, it comes down. As I get, I, get, I tally this up. Uh, it, it will destroy your life and your relationships. See, here's what I want you to understand as we go through all this today. You may say, what's the big point here? Big point is this, is that being generous is worth it. Being generous is worth it. I think so many times we have that idea, generous is the right thing to do. But what I want you to understand is that that it's worth it. We're going into this season where we talk a lot about generosity, where it's kind of the giving season where, where we do these things and it's just the right things to do. How do we begin to shift our lives where we realize this is not a duty that I must perform, but it's a privilege that I get to walk in and that it does something inside of me. It's not a duty we suffer through, but it's a pursuit of something greater. And I think that's what Paul gets at. We read that passage of... of Acts 20 earlier, where he says, remember what Jesus says, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Broader context on that whole entire chapter. I'd encourage you to go read it. When we were on vacation, um, I read that chapter, and it hit me harder than that has ever hit. I don't know if you've ever read a scripture where you've read it like five times before, and then you read it again, and it's like, oh, that's what they're doing. Like, and I had one of those moments, and I read Acts 20, and it just. Uh, Casey came into the bedroom after I read it, and I, and I was like, kind of like teary about it a little bit. She's like, what's wrong? And I was like, I read the Bible, you know. <laughs> it was a weird moment. But at Acts 20, so it's this moment where Paul, he planted this church in, a, in Ephesus, poured his life into these people, taught them about the word of God, like, like poured everything into them, and taught them and gave to them and did all these things. And so there's this moment where he is um, headed to Jerusalem, and he's headed there and he knows that when he gets to Jerusalem that he's going to be imprisoned, um, ultimately probably get to a point where he's going to die like he's at the last stages of his life, he's headed to a place where he knows like it's not going to be good probably in a martyrdom for the kingdom of God and so he's passing by close to to the Ephesians and he has them come meet him and he comes off of this boat and he meets with them and it's this moment where at the end if you read it all the way through it says like that they were tearful and they were crying and that they were sad because they knew it would be the very last time that they would see him and that they hugged him and that they walked him down to the boat to get on the boat to go to Jerusalem. And like, I think about this church and like people that I've been in life with and like our elders here at this church. And I'm thinking like, if I'm headed to this moment where like, I know I'm probably destined for death, like how this last meeting would be so emotional of like, I poured my life in here with you guys. We've done life together. Like we're at this moment. And so that's the emotion of the moment that you're that we're catching here in Ephesians twenty, and so uh, Paul here, he's father of the faith to them, and he begins to tell them several different things about hey, make sure you how you teach, make sure you you lead your people here. It's the last parting words of a of a father of faith to his sons in the faith, and he's giving them all these instructions, and then he goes into talking for a second about giving, and he and he says, you know how I gave to you guys, and about how I I supplied for myself, and then I gave to all these other people, and he would talk about that. And then he comes to this moment at the end where he says, and then he says, well, remember what Jesus said. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And as I read that, I think there's absolutely a part where he's teaching them. Remember these words of Jesus. It's more blessed to give than to receive. I'm teaching you. But I think there's also this moment where He's talked to them about all this stuff that he's walked through with them in their lives. And he's been there and given them instruction and he's about to leave them. They're about to walk him down to the boat to head probably towards death at some point. And he looks them in the eyes and he says, it's more blessed to give than to receive. He says, my life of giving to you, it was worth it. It was more blessed that I gave to you than to receive. Like, it impacted my life. And here would be my heart today is that we would be people that we get to the end of life and that we realize, man, it was such a blessing to be generous with my life. It was a blessing to be generous. And it, it, I think sometimes when we come to these moments, you feel like um, we're talking about money and these things. I don't want you to understand that is not it at all broadly. I want to think when I get to the end of the life that, that the time that I was generous with in that kid's life, eh, and that was worth it. The time that I was generous there, it was worth it. How do we become those people? My hope for us is that we will be generous with our lives, and at the end, that we will realize it was worth it. That we could be more like Jesus, who gave his life and said, I did it for the joy that was set before me. It wasn't a cost, It wasn't, but it was a gain. How do we become those people? And at the end of the day, here's what I hope is that we would say that for the joy that was set before us of seeing the nations reach for Jesus, that we gave and, and sent missionaries to Wantakia and Lebanon and Albania, which is what we're doing as a church. I want us to get to the end and say hey, it was worth it. Sanders are probably watching on the live stream that it was worth it to send them to see people change in eternity for the joy that was set before us of seeing our kids know Jesus, that it, was, that it was worth the sacrifice of my time, that I spent a little less time scrolling on my phone and I spent a little more time discipling my kids and that, that, the, uh, that eternity with my kids and seeing them know Jesus, it was worth it. How do we become people that say for the joy that was set before us of seeing our coworkers in heaven, that it was worth purposefully loving them and giving them grace and sacrificing to them in our lives. See, here's my hope is that we could be, come to a place like Paul where we could say, I gave a lot, but every single thing I gave was worth it. Every single piece of me that I gave was worth it. And what that takes is a change of mindset where giving is not a loss and I got to suffer through it. But I say, I know that it is an investment and in something even greater. And when we make that shift, it changes everything. So here's my challenge. If you want to know where, where I'm at today, where, where my heart's at is I, I just do not want us to look at generosity as a tradition, and it's something that we do as Americans because we're the most generous country in the world and we give to all these things and it's the Christmas season and we're going to be generous and so we're going to go do one angel tree and do this and that. that's our duty for the year and that's great, we accomplished it. But it's not something that we accomplish or that we do, but it's a mindset that we live with and it changes everything. One of the things that has helped me um, over this year, um, Jesse Kazell helped me in this. We were in his small group, and he had this idea that they do, and it was helpful for me, is out of, out of their check that they get every month, they just set aside a portion of it, and they say, that's not even ours anymore. That's just something that we're set aside for, for generosity. And they put it aside, and then when they arise, things arise, they say, okay, that's not even ours. Like, and it's a joy to give, because it's not like they're losing. They've already given it, and it's this thing that they give. And I'll tell you, I did that this year, and I it filled me with so much joy. The moments that we had, saw an opportunity, and I was like, "Oh, money's already there. We can give to this thing," and it's joyful. I, I tried to be purposeful with my time this year. It was not perfect. But there was moments where I realized, like there was one funny moment where I realized that I was holding Graham, and I was also looking at pictures of Graham on my phone instead of paying attention to him. And I was like, there's something wrong with this picture. (laughs) You know? And I I realized, oh man, being a dad is setting this down. Spending time with him. And I'll tell you now, looking back, I am not sad about the memes that I did not see. (laughs) But I'm really thankful for the times and the memories that I made with him as I poured into his life. Shift our mindsets. It's not a loss, it's a gain. And when you do, change your life, change your emotions, change everything. Let's do it. I say, as Paul said, remember the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is better and more blessed to give than to receive. Amen. Can I pray for you? Mm. God, we thank you today that you are a generous God, that you love to give to your children. And God, that you have given to us in so many ways. Mm. We're thankful for that today. God, we're thankful that you gave your son uh, to give us new life. And then beyond that, once we find salvation, God, that you gave your Holy Spirit to live inside of us. And you provide for us. And you work in our lives. And God, I pray that we will just be mirrors of the generosity that you've given to us. You're not calling us to do something um, that you weren't willing to do on your own, but you knew it was good and that it was right and there was a joy in it and you did it for us. Now you called us to do it for others. And God, I pray that we can experience the divine joy of generosity in our lives. So God, I just pray that you will help change our mindsets. we'll begin to see it for the reward that it is. It's not a loss, but it's a gain in you. We thank you for that today. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name, everybody said.